Today in the Magic Kitchen, we're talking about nature's wrath. When, as witches, it's our time to act, and when it is simply time to observe. I'm Leander Witchwood. And I'm Elise Wells. And welcome to the Magic Kitchen podcast, where we talk about magic, kitchen witchcraft, herbs, and everything in between. Pursuing your spiritual path alone is really difficult, but so is finding community. That's why I started a Patreon community, to help you overcome obstacles and clear up confusions while making friends and finding connection along the way. You'll have a direct line to me for all of your questions and receive tons of benefits for joining my Patreon, from thank yous to ritual resources, journal prompts and reflective exercises, downloadable guides and posters, exclusive Magic Kitchen podcast and Seeking Numina updates and early access. Find community no matter where you are. Visit patreon.com slash Elise Wells. I can't wait to help you on your journey. As we're recording this, I'm in Greece amidst some of the worst wildfires that the country has ever seen. We had 52 fires in a single day, and just last night, I watched a fire approach my house. I got out safely. We did not have to evacuate because I live very close to the beach, but seeing this really got my hackles raised, and I messaged Leandra, and I said, we need to do an episode talking about the wrath of nature, because as witches, we're very in tune to this, but we feel very powerless and angry sometimes, because the fact is that the majority of pollution and the destruction of nature is well out of our hands as ordinary, non-billionaire citizens. There are less than 10 companies that are responsible for over 95% of the pollution and destruction on this planet. And when it comes to the top 90%, there's actually only a few, only a handful. It's not even 10. And we're going to talk today about how we can start to move past the fear of extreme weather and climate changes and move into an understanding and acceptance of them, how we can start recognizing the seasons, the new seasons of extremes that we are facing across this entire planet, North and South hemispheres, year round, and what we can do on a personal level, as well as what we can't do and how we can simply observe and find power in that. A couple of episodes ago, we talked about if witchcraft is expensive, and we talked about how important it is to reframe the word expensive. It doesn't simply mean how much money is leaving my bank account. It means what is the effect of this thing or activity on everything, the environment, society, the children in the sweatshops that may or may not have made it, the workers at the Walmart who are not insured by healthcare but have to lift heavy boxes that they're not equipped to be doing. Whatever it is, there is a price to pay for cheap items. And we covered that in that episode. 
And I wanted to cover a little bit deeper our power over the economy, how we vote with our money. If you're lucky enough to live in a country that has freedom of speech and freedom of voting, democracy of some sort, that's huge, right? But we only get to do that once a year maximum, right? Every four years for the bigger positions, every two for some other local big positions. And we need to do that. That's really important. And that does affect the environment, as we know. In America recently, the EPA was just penalized and essentially stripped of all its power by the Supreme Court decision saying that the state's have control over the EPA's amount of control over corporations, which, of course, as we know, nature does not know state lines. Nature does not know Mm -hmm. countries' borders. Countries' borders shift and change all the time over a given century, sometimes even a decade, depending on the continent we're looking at. And deciding to neglect the climate in this way could send us back in America, particularly to an era of extreme pollution. Why do you think everybody had asthma in the 70s? It wasn't just some strange, you know, it thing to get. It was it was the pollution. So <laughs> it wasn't a fad. You mean this wasn't something that you, <laughs> you did? <laughs> yeah, it wasn't. Mom just wasn't like, oh, I wish my kid had asthma, you know, wasn't trendy. <laughs> Inhalers as cool as they are. So we don't want everyone to have to have them. I don't want to have to see, you know, Etsy accounts making little asthma inhaler uh crochet sweaters i mean i'm literally picturing a dystopian <laughs> future already about all of this right oh man <laughs> yeah. okay yeah this is Buckle where up, this everybody is where yeah so so i i've been sitting with this and thinking on this and trying to understand you know this powerlessness and where i can find power in this and it's it's our money at the end of the day the world runs on money And that is the power we have to decide where that money goes, how we spend it, how we don't spend it. Because I think by simply not purchasing, that affects economies, you know, in a a very drastic way. Um, And thinking about local businesses, local produce, small Mm -hmm. businesses, businesses owned by people of color, businesses that support only the things that you agree with. There's a lot of companies that we really like, but the fact is they are actively working against the rights of women, the rights of systemic violence to be squashed. Like there's a lot of these companies out there that support actively, um, you know, police organizations that harm minorities. They're rolling back our safety nets. They're rolling back our ability to be free and safe in our culture. Yeah. And it's not companies that have... Yeah, there's not even these companies like they don't they shouldn't have a say in that. Like, like, why should Dunkin Donuts decide (laughs) on, you know, police uniforms or whatever? Like, that's just ridiculous, right? Just like it's stupid. Yeah. So. As witches, I think we have a lot of responsibility as those who stand in the in-between to start moving the pendulum the other way and stand up for nature in that regard, because nature She's swinging the pendulum towards us and she's got every right. I don't know if, you know, as this airs, this season could have gotten worse or it could have stopped where sharks have been attacking humans. And 
it's not because they're malicious. It's not because they tuned into Shark Week and got ideas. It's because they're starving. <laughs> We're eating all their food. Right. We're overfishing at such extreme rates. Yes. And then on top of that, the ocean's temperatures are changing. So they're yes. shifting their migration patterns because they're simply confused. So yeah. this, again, is on us. Like everywhere we turn to things that seem to be extreme, it's on us. Yeah. And it's not literally on us. Like we said, it's these corporations, but we can squash these guys by simply not spending our money at their places. Yeah. These big box and, stores. And when, it, when we're talking about our dollars and how our dollars matter, you know, individually as a single person, it's not going to matter much. Taking a single day to protest or boycott is not going to matter much. This has to become the new system. Yes. You know, you think rethinking how you get your goods, how you buy your toilet paper, how you purchase everything. Now, there's some things that absolutely you cannot get around, like uh, your utility bills. You know, in most states, it is a law that if you live in a residence, you have to have utilities. Um, so you can't really get around some things. So you do need money for some things. But, you know, you don't have to go buy that new blouse because you're going to a party. You have probably have a blouse in your closet. That'll be just fine. Or you could go and buy secondhand. Or mm -hmm. you could find a local maker or a small uh, business that hand makes things. Yeah, is it going to cost you a little bit more money? Sure. You know why? Because you are not buying into this mindset. And I always called it the Walmart mindset. Ooh, that like everything that. has to be dirt cheap. You know, when we, when our ancestors were were surviving and thriving so that we could survive and thrive, they were making things to last. Yeah. You know, they didn't have 12 different pairs of shoes that they wore once or twice. And so when we look at our lifestyle and what we've accumulated, then we're really looking at the indoctrination that we have bought into. Mm -hmm. And this isn't something to take lightly. It's not something to brush off and say, oh, well, that's not me. Yeah, I have 12 pairs of shoes, but that's not me. It is us. It is all of us. You know, I get a wild hair at my butt sometimes and think, oh, I'm going to go buy a bunch of new candle holders that I don't freaking need and I will never use again, you know, <laughs> instead of thinking like, oh, wait, I have plenty of items here in my home and I already have too much crap. I don't need any more stuff. That yeah. whole minimalistic idealism that a lot of people have moved towards, it, there's validation there. There's something to it. And we need to look within really and i know a lot of people don't like doing that but that's part of our shadow work that's part of yeah. our collective shadow work is clutter to look is within. the shadows the it is it is manifestation is a physical manifestation the way we live our life is a physical manifestation especially in the non-productive sense so yeah. if we're living our life in a very materialistic way where we have to buy 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 consume 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 then we are allowing our shadow to control us from behind the scenes. And that's where we get a really big dose of reality that some of us don't like to wake up to. And that's mm -hmm. okay. It's not your time. But you can choose to feel the feelings instead of purchasing the feelings and burying mm -hmm. them, yeah. if that makes sense. <laughs> and I think it goes along with waste because when we're buying mm -hmm. those new clothes – yeah, maybe we don't throw away the old ones. Maybe we donate them instead. But donating isn't absolving us of the fact that we have just too much stuff. 
Like there is a healthy medium of getting rid of things that are old or have served their purpose, but looking to replace the thing that is well-loved and well-used is very different from, huh, that's cool. Oh, I might like that. Oh, I wonder if, you know, my husband is going to enjoy that. Like there's a lot of buying that I really realized is, is quite an American hobby. Like shopping's an activity for some people. Like I remember not knowing what to do in college and friends would be like, well, let's just go shopping. And like buying things was an activity. And that seems crazy to me now because of where I'm at on my journey. And you might not be there. You might still enjoy shopping. And I understand that. I do. I remember what that felt like. But there's a shift that needs to happen where we recognize what that is doing to our planet. And where we're doing it at, I think. So if you if you enjoy shopping, if that's your pastime, if that's how you connect with your girlfriends, with your family, you have lunch and you go shopping, change where you shop. Exactly. Go to your local downtown area and shop the small stores. You know, buy, you know, go to lunch from a local at a local mom and pop restaurant and then go shopping at the, you know, most downtown areas have a market district or some Mm -hmm. sort of merchant district. Like go check these districts out. Take some time and walk around. Not only are you getting exercise, but then you're supporting these small businesses, which most of them are mm-hmm. going to be minority owned or or women owned. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting how that works. It's the, like these downtown areas tend to be very um, alternative in nature as far as the ownership of them. So then you're supporting directly your community, your local economy, instead of putting money in some huge CEO's pocket so he can buy another yacht. Yeah, he can clean it in the Canaries. Yep. (laughs) Yep. Yeah. And I think that something we can do also is intentionally shopping. So I accumulate a list over time of stuff like food is different, right? We need food. We buy the food. Mm-hmm. Shop local where we can, but we have to buy the food. But then I have a secondary shopping list, which is the stuff that I notice I would like to have. And instead of saying like, all right, I really need to go buy a new set of measuring spoons. I actually wait and see when the next time is that I need that thing. If it's a really long time and I barely use it, I can usually find another way around it. The reason I said measuring yeah. spoons is because that actually happened. I My measuring spoons <laughs> broke. They were really old plastic ones, which Aww. was terrible anyway. And so like you have to hold the spoon and it's like creased and it's, you have to do it over the sink. Like it's terrible. At this point, I need new measuring spoons. But I realized <laughs> I, I, only use, <laughs> I only use the tablespoon and the teaspoon. And I looked okay. in my cupboard and guess what? Why are they called that? Because a tablespoon is the size of a tablespoon and a teaspoon is the size of a teaspoon. So I just started using those and my cooking has not suffered. So I'm not right. going to go buy a new set of measuring spoons. Like this is a really micro example. But there have been things because I don't have Amazon here. I don't have a way to instantly gratify that there's no online shopping here. I can't buy the thing that I'm like, oh, I really wish I had a a mixer that could, you know, process my food and it was purple so it could match my other things. Like, that's (laughs) what I used to do in America. I would just find that thing and buy that thing because it matched my stuff and it felt great. And then the package arrived and my cat loves the box. And, oh, it was just (laughs) all such a fun process. But now I've been able to shift that mindset and I don't do that anymore. And and it's it's been good. I don't have a lot of new stuff. I don't have to decide, oh, crap, now I have this thing. Where am I going to store it? My cupboard storage. is overflowing. Yeah. And it adds a lot of stress. Shopping actually, yeah. after the shopping is over, can add a lot of stress to ourselves, which isn't great for our mental yeah. health anyway. And then we get into the waste cycle. 
<laughs> yeah. And then the 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 um, buyer's remorse or, you know, you impulse buy things because you need that dopamine hit. Yeah. And that's really what it boils down to is we're trying to make ourselves feel better by collecting stuff. But then we get mm-hmm. it home and it gets shoved in a cupboard somewhere and we forget about it and we never use it again. Yeah. And those are the kind of purchases that you want to be conscious of. Now, if it's something you absolutely need, go buy it, <laughs> but maybe be more conscious of where you buy it from. We are rebels. Together, enter the chamber of the heart where your spirit yearns to be reborn. Ignite that spark, fan that glowing flame, and warm yourself to your core with meaningful conversations, thundering heartbeats, countless dreams, inspiring stories, ecstatic devotion, healing ceremonies, and excursions into the wilds of the soul. Join me, Leandra Witchwood, in the Rebel Mystic community as we come together and explore the radical, rebellious act of creating sisterhood and engaging in deep self-care. So one of the things that um, I know it's going to be a very unpopular opinion by a lot of witches out there, but when I see witches using paper plates, plastic water bottles, these non-renewable resources to do their spells on, I cringe every single time. Like I, I really have an issue with people calling themselves witches and, um, but having a complete disregard for the natural resources of where they live or it, that they use in their practices you know using a paper plate to do your your ingredients on and then throwing the plate away like that is that's detrimental to the energy you're trying to summon mm-hmm. if you're putting all your herbs <laughs> on a paper plate you're using mat- natural magic but then you're also you're disrespecting the natural magic right there or you're using a plastic water bottle to infuse your um, moon water instead of a glass container that's reusable. There's there's a disconnect there that yeah. our witch culture is not recognizing. And we're not calling people in enough on that to say, hey, make better decisions. Because now you're using something that cannot be necessarily reused. And, it, you know, we got this droned into our head that, you know, reduce, reuse, recycle, but we forgot the reduce and reuse parts. We're just mm-hmm. recycling, yeah. which that still requires new things to be made. Mm-hmm. So when we're making new things, we're still wasting resources yeah. because we're still tossing away. I mean, yeah, we're recycling it, quote unquote, recycling it, but that still is, it's still throwing it away because you're not reusing it. Yeah. And I actually saw a video of somebody making a witch bottle, which a witch bottle in like the traditional definition of that is something to protect your home. It's a bottle and it usually has nails and pieces of your own body. Like it's urine, menstrual blood, hair, Mm -hmm. nails, bits from your clothes. Like, yeah, fingernails. It's, it's not something that it has become on social media a lot. And these videos look great. You know, the lighting is nice. The background's cute. But I saw somebody take frankincense, like a tablespoon of frankincense, Ooh. 
and pour it in this bottle. And then she poured rose oil over it. And then she put a bunch of crystals in there and sealed it. And that's that. And the thing is, yes, frankincense has properties that might invoke something in your home and then putting it there. That's great. But that is like, like nine or 10 sessions of incense burning. Frankincense takes 20 years to grow on a tree. Those, those crystals she used were likely imported from South America. The oil that she used could have been very expensive. That whole witch bottle costs a lot in labor hours, in, in mileage on the airplanes to import it. And, and for what? Like the 15 second reel that got a lot of views, but. Well, Maybe not the it, same it, effect in her life. It wasn't a balanced relationship. Well, and this is also where it's a good demonstration of how information is being used inappropriately on social media. We've talked about this before about, you know, just taking everything you see on social media at face value. Because first of all, that was the wrong use of in- of frankincense. You don't stick it in a bottle like yeah. that. It's meant to be burned. Mm-hmm. It's... It, <laughs> like it, it really demonstrates that person's um, misuse of knowledge or misunderstanding of knowledge or just lack of knowledge. They just thought, oh, I'm going to make a cool bottle and here I'm going to throw all this stuff in there and then I'm going to get a bunch of likes. And that was the goal was to get a bunch of views, a bunch of followers, a bunch of likes. It wasn't really to pass on genuine knowledge. Yeah. And she didn't even give us like what these things mean and what they're going to do. Gotcha. So I don't know what her intent was beyond it looks no. cute, you know, and that's right. where we good. need to move away from is just giving into the juvenile impulse of enjoyment, that quick serotonin burst, and instead yes. looking at how is this affecting nature? Because that's what we're here for. There is no witch or pagan or alternative faith person I've ever met from Buddhist to Sufism who said, I hate nature. Oh, I just, I litter every chance I get. I love throwing cigarette butts out the window. You know, like it just doesn't go together. Like we have to put nature first in our practice. That's Mm -hmm. one thing everybody spiritual agrees on. And for a very good reason, that's, that's it. That's all we have is the legacy we leave on this planet. And, and it goes into a, a deeper, so all of these things that Elise and I talk about go into a much deeper perspective. And I think we're going to talk about this in a, a, another episode down the road about how your perspective changes your perception. So when you are truly walking a spiritual path, you're truly a spiritual person seeking to be a better human, seeking to tap into that collective consciousness and understand and really know and download that that conscious knowledge of from the conscious collective, the great collective, you're going to understand that we are part of something bigger. And when we treat the elements of what that is, how it manifests in this life from nature to our own selves to one another, when we don't treat ourselves with respect with reverence in relation to our connection to the greater consciousness, the greater collective, the 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 big thing that's out there that is con- not controlling, no, 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 not controlling, but influencing us, 
and even powering us that gives us the energy to do manifestation, to perform our spells, to understand the plants we use, to understand the roots, the crystals, the the candles, the energy that is emulated, to harness that and raise it to our will. When we When we come to this place of understanding, then we understand that using that plastic bottle or overusing ingredients and misusing ingredients is something that needs to be rectified. It's something that we should not be doing, that we should be more respectful of our path in that sense so that we can tap into something bigger, so we can open ourselves up to be more conscious and more perceptive of how we move through this world. And we get so much from this the spiritual energy that is all around us, this thing that we tap Mm -hmm. into with our magic. We get so much. We find empowerment. We grow in self-efficacy and confidence. We grow in empathy. Our relationships get better. Our lives get better. All we have to do to give back to that is to be conscious in these ways. Mm. It's that that simple. So Elise and I value you as a dedicated listener. And to all of our dedicated listeners, we are offering a unique class bundle. This bundle will include all of the classes that Elise and I offer, and it's exclusive to you, our valuable listeners. You can find the link to this bundle in the show description. So let's talk about the ways you can give back to nature, the positive things you can do. We've talked a lot about what you shouldn't do. Let's talk about what you can do. You can have bird feeders. Mm. You can have bat houses. There are there are these little like four pieces of plywood that you put up in tall trees and that gives bats a place to go. It ends up saving a lot of their lives. And bats are one of the few animals that combat Lyme's disease. They eat mosquitoes. Mm. They're hurting the lanternfly population if you live in an area where they're yeah. very invasive. So they're yeah. great. Bats are wonderful allies. We should do what we can for them. You can talk to your neighbors who spray their lawn and make sure you do not spray your lawn and see if you can just (laughs) convince them not to like, just be like, Hey, like, you know, this isn't good for the environment. Like talk about bees, like see what you can actually do, what conversations you can start Um, with that. See what you can do in your own yard for the bees, for the natural animals. If you have to have grass, if you're in an HOA where that is a 100% option for you, raise the blades, keep that grass as high as you legally can so that you can make sure that baby bunnies and their nests are taken care of. Don't rake leaves. That's it. Just don't do it because leaves are homes for incubating small animals and insects until the spring comes. And then they end up being useful for fostering more earthworms, which feed all the natural bird populations. Look for injured animals in your in your yard and on the side of the road. If you see something's been hit and you can tell it might not be dead, like stop. Call animal control. Like, try to actively engage with nature. I actually have a really ridiculous story. One time when I was in my freshman year of college, our dorm was in this gully. And it ended up being demolished later because of the mold from it being in this, like, deep valley of, like, water all the time when it rained. Um, Yeah, they couldn't combat it. So it's now demolished. But where this dorm was, (laughs) 
um, we had a lot of worms that would get stuck on the pavement. And one time I was actually late to a class because I was picking up the worms and moving them back into the grass the whole way <laughs> out of my like gully up to the class like building. And when I got there, I loved that professor. She was wonderful. And we had a good relationship. And she's like, why were you late to my class? And I was like, there were a lot of worms that were dying. And I picked them all up. And she was in her 80s then. I'm not sure how she's doing now. I hope she's well. But she looked at me with her very stern, like academic face that she usually had and just nodded and was like, excellent. And then just moved back (laughs) into the lesson. Like she was totally cool with it. And that's something that I think we need to let go of is that fear of looking silly or sounding crazy when we start these conversations and, and do the work like this. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think it also, we can take it further too, when we're talking about, you know, protecting animals and protecting the environment, if you're able to get out there and help protesters or lead a protest or um, just be a protester, I mean, that, I know it's, seems like it's kind of becoming in this culture, something that people are like, oh, protesting doesn't do anything, but it does. First, it helps build awareness because you're making some noise and it helps disrupt things that would normally be quiet and able to slip mm-hmm. under the rug. So, I mean, and it doesn't even have to be that. You can, you know, help animals with your voting, with who you put help appoint into offices and your daily habits, you know, like picking up earthworms off the pavement <laughs> that are going to die or, you know, maybe, you know, building that bat box or filling those bird feeders, which reminded me, my, I'm looking at my bird feeder right now. It's empty. i will i will walk my talk in a few minutes and i will go fill my bird feeder (laughs) but you know you could really develop relationships and i okay so witchcraft is about developing relationships Mm -hmm. and that's big part of what we do that's a big part of our magic and when we can develop relationships with the land that we live on with the creatures with the plants when we develop those relationships, not only do we understand our surroundings a little bit better, but those surroundings come to our aid and they help us when we need the help. So don't discredit or you know dismiss this need to connect and to protect. That's part of what we're supposed to be doing here. We're not meant to be here to be cute and silly. Witchcraft has always been blood and bone and earth and sky. It's not this, you know, pretty altar that we spent, you know, a hundred dollars at the, you know, the big hobby chain store to buy all these. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, hobby lobby. You know, it's it's about using our power as an individual to inspire others. And to do what we can, where we can, when we can. So whether that means using our dollars, using our voting uh, rights, you know, choosing wisely where we shop, making those connections and um, relate and developing those relationships with people, with plants, with animals, with land and source. It's all going back to source. We've got an idea for an event, but we need your help to make it happen. Leandra and I would love to do a Q&A episode 
that would be recorded live with you present to ask us your questions. If you'd be interested in participating in this, please email us at magickitchenpodcast at gmail.com and let us know. So when we started this episode, we said that sometimes it's not about action. Sometimes it's about being observant. So let's talk about that. Nature is in turmoil. We know that we cannot, by anything you or I can do, reverse climate change. We can't stop the wildfires by willing them away or by shopping better. We can't stop the extreme cold. We can't stop the melting of, of ice caps. There's a lot going on that is simply out of our control. So what we can do is observe it, turn towards it rather than away from it. Notice it happening. Note the extreme temperatures and weather locally and abroad and consider how that's shifting. When does that start each year? When are these heat waves coming across Europe? Okay, well, they started in July in 2021. In 2022, they started the first two weeks of June. You know, next year, could that start at the end of May? Like, just keep an eye on this. And this isn't doomsdaying. This isn't negative or pessimistic or cynical. It's just rational. You know, it helps to calm us when we know what we're dealing with. And when we note that, then we're more prepared. So start a start a nature journal. This can be writing it down. Another idea, a friend of mine actually does a weather blanket. She crochets a row of a blanket all year long. So each day it's the weather in her area. So she has like a color code of huh. what that means. It's wild. It's so cool. That's really cool. Yeah, they just look like blankets. And then you hear that and you're like, oh, yeah, I can see like the temperatures rose, like starts with blue for cold then like yellow and red. And then it gets up to like, like nice. the hottest days are red. It's really cool. So that's a fun idea. You could definitely do this as like a painting instead, like mm-hmm. one strip of paint. You don't need a lot of time for that each each day or each week. You could pick like a median temperature and have 52 stripes at the end of a, of a year. Um, and I think the other part of noting nature's extremities is noticing how that then affects people because even the least spiritual person is affected by waves of change in, in the ether, in the zeitgeist, in this energy field that we're always swimming in, whether we're aware of it or tapped in or not. Mm -hmm. Is there more violence in your community? Is there more calm in your community? Is your business flourishing versus faltering? Are there conversations that get more heated communication deficits or are there times that that's, that's the opposite and see how that ties into weather and nature. Mary meet Mary part and and Mary meet again. again. Thank you for joining us on the magic kitchen podcast. Please visit my website, leandrawitchwood.com for news information and more episodes. I'm Elise Wells, and I can be found at Seeking Numina on YouTube, Instagram, and Facebook, and SeekingNumina.com. That's Seeking, N-U-M-I-N-A.